0: Welcome to this NPP soundbite, where we take a look inside Fast Payments, powered by the new payments platform. I'm Lisa Lintern. As CEO and co-founder of A Payments Fintech, and as Chair of Fintech Australia, Simone Joyce is a highly recognised champion for fintechs within the payments industry. In this interview, Simone describes the opportunities the MPP's mandated payment service presents to both her organisation and the broader fintech community. We also discuss some of the challenges to the MPS's effective implementation and how she believes government regulatory framework should adapt to support wider MPP participation. Well, thank you for joining me today, Simone. Pleasure, Lisa. Thank you for having me on. Let's start first with your day job as CEO of Paperplane. For those who may not know who Paperplane is, what do you do?
1: So we have designed a software system to really change how scheduled payments look for businesses. Payers and payment service providers or banks. When I say scheduled payments, I mean anything from your recurring payment to your gym, through to a company that might have pre-approved invoices. We might be looking at um, tradespeople who have jobs that they're um, they're based on deliverables. Um, so there's a whole world of scheduled payments, and really, what they are is a payment with a, a future date of processing that's already been approved.
0: So your website describes Paperplane as a layer cake built for three levels of users. Can you explain? those three levels and the benefits you're offering brings to them
1: yes of course so when we had a look at the problems in um, that scheduled payment land we realized that each of the participants in the flow of those payments had some issues that needed to be resolved so it wasn't just a oh we're going to fix this for businesses or oh payers need to have this fixed it was actually a really ecosystem solve that needed to happen so the three um, i guess parties that we looked at or stakeholders in those payments were obviously the payers the people who are actually making these payments, the businesses who were receiving these payments, and the bank or the payment service provider who was facilitating those payments. And each of those tiers had a specific problem or problems that needed to be solved, but as a holistic view. So payers, we're looking at lack of transparency, lack of control, and lack of ability to self-manage. Businesses, we're looking at failed payments and squeezed cash flow, along with dissatisfied customers or payers at the other end because of those problems down there. And then in the bank and payment service provider land, we were looking at things like disputed payments and friendly fraud and a real inability to make sure that consent to payment had happened and it happened explicitly and was continuing to be um, consented to as the payment agreement progressed. So we, we designed our system to really work for each of those layers and it, it works in that holistic
0: way um, that we set out to do. I do like a, a good cake analogy so <laughs> let's talk about an ingredient of that cake, the MPP. How, um, how integral will the MPP be to paper Planes' work? so the mpp
1: represents a few different things and looking through that layer lens it really speaks to different needs of each sector having the ability for businesses not just to be paid in real time 24 7 but also to re- receive settlements from a payment service provider in real time 24 7 will be impactful particularly for those small to micro businesses that really rely on that steady stream of cash flow for payers we're looking at the ability to make sure that the payment that they're making is secure Uh, It is real time in the sense if they need access to something. So thinking about scheduled payments for insurances, perhaps, where there is a need to make sure that payment is not in flight during events. So so there's some some key needs there. Then back up at the the business and payment service provider end, the MPS functionality, which we'll go into soon, it takes what we've been doing for um, just over two years now, which is providing that explicit consent The ongoing management for the payers and the security for the businesses, and takes it from um, an external thing that happens outside of the bank and brings it natively into the bank for payers to be able to securely approve and manage their payments. So, we're really excited about that for that reason as well.
0: So, obviously, the mandated payment service or MPS is something that's quite anticipated by the industry. What do you think the industry needs to focus on to ensure its effective implementation?
1: That's a really good question. And you are right in saying that it is something that's been highly anticipated and awaited for within industry. I don't think that same case can be made for the the businesses and the payers that will be using it. I don't think that they're aware that this is coming yet. And I think it's really important to make that point now, because when the mandate of payment services does come in, and some of the things that will need to happen to answer your question explicitly is we need to ensure that there's ubiquity of offerings so all banks are able to not just receive a mandate for their payers, um, there will need to be the ability to send mandates which will require some additional work on our, you know, both API sets at banks and the service offering over the top of that. The MPS will fundamentally change the dynamic and the expectation of what having a scheduled payment or if you'd like to call it a direct debit agreement, uh, how that works. And there will be businesses that will be welcoming of the fact that this is a more secure and a more relevant for the future method of gaining consent for a payment. And it also means that your payers can self-manage. Now, for some businesses, that's going to be a little bit confronting when they realise that they're no longer necessarily in the driver's seat all the time of those payments. And that's a really key point to make because the way that the direct debit industry and the recurring payments industry has evolved over the last 20 years has placed businesses firmly in the driver's seat. And you could argue that that has spun up all of the problems and the dissatisfaction and the the customer churn and the disputes that we're seeing today, but it will be a little while before people become acclimatized and change their expectations to you know what it's appropriate that people who are paying have the control and the visibility over those payments and that's something that we've been working on for some time at pay for Playing. when we first went to market we, we always received the question of oh but why do one payers need to see their payments what do you mean they can change their payment day or date and Once they realised the benefit it actually had back up to the business of happier customers, more guaranteed cash flow and dramatically reduced failed payments, then they were comfortable with it. So I think there will be some um, acclimatisation that needs to happen. But critically, we need all the banks to jump on board and be able to offer the services out ubiquitously.
0: So third-party payment initiation or right access in open banking terms is something the NPS will deliver and is something that the fintech community has also advocated strongly for. What kind of innovation do you think we'll see coming from the fintech community using the MPP and the NPS?
1: Yes, so it's a, it, you're right, it is something that there has been a clamour for, right, access. But I think what was actually being asked for, it wasn't necessarily something that needs to sit within CDR. People are asking for a more um, democratic access to payment rails, which is critical to innovation and competition. Look, I think that once the NPS kicks off and once more APIs become widely available on the MPP, I think that that we'll start seeing a lot more services evolve that are geared towards really, really meeting customer needs as a baked-in part of the payment experience. So as opposed to the payment experience being something that's kind of bolted on to the end of, of what a business is offering or the service It'll actually become a more habituated experience to be managing all those payments in your own bank account as a payer and to be using pay IDs. Nothing frustrates me more than, you know, we've just done teachers' gifts for all the end of year school, Mm -hmm. and there's always the the parent that organises that and they send around their BSB and account number. And I can't tell you how frustrating it is for me to have to do that without, you know, sending a group email back saying, Has anyone heard of pay IDs? Please use pay IDs. Um, So I think that we'll see two things happening, we'll see the evolution of how people are using payments from their bank account. And that will be driven by more and more services who are using these type of payments as potentially the only option, because it's the most secure and you still get that real-time response to pay people, bills, businesses, whatever it might be.
0: So you touched on the issue of access, and that's definitely something that's had its fair share of debate in recent years, Fintechs accessing the MPP. So the MPP was designed to be open access and it has a range of options for different organisations while balancing the need for safety and security. And more recently, we have seen more fintechs accessing the benefits of the MPP and the capabilities. So what's your view? Do you think a challenge still exists? Yes, I
1: do. But I don't think it's um, a challenge that exists because of the way the MPP is designed. As you said, it's been designed for open access and I think that's the right way to have gone about. Um, designing who gets to use what however it's let down as are all the other payment mechanisms in Australia at the moment because access is controlled by the ADIs, which is just the way our regulatory framework is designed in Australia but it's very difficult for banks to say yes to allow access to payment rails via them for a third party because there's no framework to allow them to get to an easy yes there's a very um awareness of risk in ADIs at the moment, which is appropriate. But looking at CDR and how the access regime's been designed and the framework for being able to participate on the CDR, that can translate really beautifully over to payments so that we can start seeing, you know, if you meet these metrics, if you're in appropriate industry and all that other stuff, then it is comfortable for banks to say yes which will do a couple of things. It will open up competition um, and allow companies with new innovative payment products to come through and be able to access the critical you know supply source of accessing payments that they need to have. It will mean that banks can start looking at actually commercializing the fact that there's all these APIs that they're not using for the MPP because there's no one to use them because there's no one given access. So I think that the access problem doesn't sit with the MPP. It's been designed to work in an environment where there's better access framework at the top level um, so that people can actually utilise the open access framework that the MPP is designed. So really excited. The, the payment systems review is happening, not just with the RBA, but also um, obviously the, the government driven one that was talked about at the budget this year. That's in play now. And I think that's a very good platform to start having an open conversation about what does it look like in Australia to give early stage, late stage, mid stage, whatever stage companies democratic and secure access to the pavement rails in Australia?
0: Taking an even further step backwards now for a more broader perspective, how integral do you think the MPP is for the future prosperity of the fintech community?
1: What the MPEs and, and the MPP represent is huge for things like cost saving, security, 24-7 operations and being able to actually um, I think I said before, bake that in to the core product offering is is really exciting. Also looking at fintechs who are trying to address financial inclusion and, and serving communities that might not have access to, to financial services today, the MPP will really play a part in enabling those services to happen. So that's very exciting in itself. I think that we're really, really still at the beginning of what the MPP the MPP will do to change the payment and financial landscape in Australia and I think you know as we roll forward and the MPS comes out and that's a new thing and obviously there'll be the you know there'll be debate around oh is, it, is the service doing what we want it to do that will then settle into um to something that people are, are using as their default um, payment method for gaining consent to a payment, for walking onto a bus without touching your car triggering a payment to happen through the standing mandate in the bank account. So there's so many exciting things that are yet to come, but we're just at the beginning where all the teething problems happen until we get to the fully fledged, fully toothed. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's a word, but, <laughs> but a, a payment system with with big teeth and big chops to really change how we how we manage our financial technology in Australia.
0: And are there any other opportunities for stronger collaboration perhaps between MPP Australia and the fintech community?
1: Oh there always is um, certainly the, the um, fintech Australia members that that we have a they're always looking for opportunities to um, run faster which might mean deeper collaboration, it might mean um, more conversations, it might mean the ability to you know spin up a, a very quick open access test for a use case that hasn't yet been thought of. So I I think that as we go forward, certainly through 21 and 22, having that deep collaboration and time will will be good not only to make sure that the the roadmap that the MPP set out which is ambitious and excellent actually is um, the innovation is happening to support that going out into the market and that the MPP in turn is receiving feedback to say you know what this is where we really see the opportunities um, from our user base and we'd like to see more evolution for that API for example so yeah collaboration I think is key.
0: Well, it's been great chatting to you today, Simone, to get two perspectives from you as a CEO of a FinTech yourself and also as the uh, chair of FinTech Australia. So thank you so much for joining me.
1: It was an absolute pleasure, Lisa. Thank you. We always like working with the MPP, both with my paper plane and my FinTech Australia hat on. So exciting times ahead.